Hello, that was fast. Hello. How are you, <laughs> Sorry, How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Nice to, nice to see you virtually. Uh, nice to yeah, see you too. Uh, you've, got, you've not got any alcohol there, have you, Emily? No cup of tea. <laughs> oh, is the, is the internet okay? It can be a bit dodgy yeah, on my it, end. That, that seems okay. It just broke up a little bit there, but that Sorry. should be all right. I'll move into the other room. <laughs> oh, wherever, wherever you're comfortable. <laughs> there we go. Wherever's easy. There we go. Have you, had, have you had a good day? Yes, I've been doing a few uh, virtual consultations this afternoon. So I always, um, uh, it's habit, I get dressed up when I'm doing anything in the clinic. So other than other than normal uh, Instagram lives. But uh, yeah, I've been doing some um, virtual consultations with a few clients. So uh, oh, just nice. giving information and advice. So how we've we've known each other because of again in the same way as Sonny, Dr. Sonny Desi, who I spoke to on Friday, I've known you because of um, AE, which is Aesthetics Entrepreneurs, a Facebook group, and it's it was put together by Richard and I think Rick, who um, organised everything on it, and we've been on a program called Launchpad since mm -hmm. I joined in. April, I think it was. Mm -hmm. You must have been about the same time, was it? Exactly. Yeah, it's a great uh, course. Yeah. What What have you thought about it since you started? Well, I think I'm like a lot of medical professionals. Um, we're all really great at the hands-on and the, the patient care, but actually had absolutely no idea about the business side of things. Yeah. Um, sort of went into it a little bit in the dark. So I think from that point of view, um, AE and Richard has absolutely been fantastic. He's such yeah. a great guy and very inspiring as well. He is. He's a really nice bloke and um, he gives a lot of great advice to people like us. And I think that was um, the reason Sonny signed up to it as well, I think, a year ago you mentioned. Mm. Um, so what, how, would you, how would you describe your job, Emily? If somebody said to you, what do you do? What would you say to them? Well, I'm very lucky that, um, you know, I've got the dentistry side of things as well. So I work three days in um, general practice as a dentist and three days I run my aesthetic clinic. Um, yeah. But where I am, it's very rural. Um, the type of patients I treat, they're usually um, more mature ladies. Um, so anything's from sort of 30s, 40s, 50s. I've even got a couple of ladies in their 90s which is right. lovely. So I'm okay. more about sort of um, the anti-aging um, restorative treatments rather than the beautifications right so it's just about confidence and you know helping people especially women look as good as they can right as long as they well, can so you so you um so you've got um you've, you've done you, you work as a dentist um do you do that full-time or is it part-time you do so i three days dentistry and then i run my clinic three days a week so i get right. the best of both worlds there yeah it's just my brother's a dentist and it's amazing how much knowledge and skill you have that, that most people don't even realise. Your, your actual legal title, I think, is Doctor of Head and Neck, That's isn't right, it? That's right, yes. Yeah. You, you have got far more knowledge than any doctor or nurse does at basic level, uh, um, graduation level. Mm -hmm. So you, you, for me, you're the experts in um, aesthetic work. I consider you to be the experts. Um, what got you into the world of aesthetics how did you start so it was something I was interested in um upon graduating so I graduated from dentistry in 2013 but I was 
probably thinking about it for three or four years before I sort of got the confidence up to actually do it. Um, yeah. And what really spurred me on is one of my colleagues that I worked with at the dental practice, she did her course. Um, and at the time I was suffering from a lot of headaches um, due to eye strain at work. Um, yeah. So she suggested had I tried Botox and I hadn't, I didn't really know too much about it at that point. Um, yeah. And then the results in terms of getting rid of the headaches were amazing. And I also really liked the sort of cosmetic benefits as well. So yeah. from there, just got really hooked. Um, and I carried out my training with Avanti Aesthetics um, on Harley Street with Rickin. Yeah. And that was amazing. So much hands on, which I think is really important when you're going into aesthetics. So you, you've, you've been enjoying the work as, a, as an aesthetic practitioner. Well, would you say you prefer the dentistry more or, would you pre or do you prefer the, the aesthetic work? Oh, they're so different. Um, <laughs> I, I love the variety. I think um, as an aesthetic practitioner, I think people are more appreciative of the work I do for them. Because um, yeah. as you probably know, people aren't that keen on going to the dentist. Um, so, you know, you don't finish a dental appointment and have patients desperate to book with you. Um, <laughs> but with the aesthetics, everyone's very keen to get their sort of three month appointments booked in. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I just think people appreciate the aesthetic side more than the dental side. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's, there's a few dentists um, joined in, I think. What, there's a dentist I know who's a family friend, uh, Meg, from Dermasmile, I think it is. I've forgotten the name. Apologies, Meg, if I've forgotten the name of your clinic. There's a few dentists watching anyway. Oh, so I think they're, they're interested in what you've got to say. Yeah. So what what would you say is the worst thing about your work either as a dentist or an aesthetic practitioner what gets on your nerves or what irritates you about the work it doesn't have to be about clients but it can be about the world of aesthetics or the world of dentistry yeah well I, well I think Sunny mentioned this actually because I watched your live um which was really enjoyable so thank you that was kind, that's kind yeah, of you I, know, it's, I, <laughs> I think just the lack of regulation in in the aesthetics industry is extremely frustrating yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's still uh, patients lack the sort of knowledge, even though we're obviously trying to get all that out there about the dangers. And yeah. I know, I think Essex Brow Fairy, her story on her yeah. um, vascular occlusion was amazing. So yeah. it's, it's all these brave people getting out there and spreading the word. But it's yeah. just very frustrating um, how much of a slow process it is. Yeah, it's it's a shame that there's no regulation in, in our world of aesthetics. It's mm. it's odd that you're a you're a healthcare practitioner. I'm a clinical pharmacist. We're regulated by our professional bodies, but legally anyone can shove a needle in someone's face as long as they've got their permission. Mm -hmm. It's illegal. So I just find it odd, and I I keep shouting my mouth off about that in my posts. I'm sure you've seen. Yeah, um, no, great. Keep up the good work. All right, thanks. <laughs> Um, how well do you get on with other practitioners, perhaps aesthetics practitioners in your area? With Sonny, he's out in the, well, out in the wilderness almost, well, perhaps not that bad, badly. But there's, for you, is there many aesthetics clinics around where you are, where you're based? Hmm. Yeah, there are quite a few. Um, I think one of the sort of more negative things about the industry is there's a lot of competition between practitioners. I don't know if you find the same. So yeah. even though I sort of know the practitioners around me, there's not a, a local network as such, which would be brilliant if that could be established. 
it, it's it's odd, but I, I I audit my work because based um, based on work I've done in the NHS previously, mm. clinical governance and there's all sorts of of um, issues involved in the work that you do. So you've got to audit your work in the NHS. You've got to look at what you've done and how you can improve it. Yeah. Now. I do it with things like communication and in mm-hmm. aesthetics. And I look at the types of questions I get from and who I get them from, not just members of the public, but also from aesthetics practitioners. And there's so many ways that we're able to help each other, you know, just by networking and joining together in a local mm-hmm. area. It's just a shame it doesn't happen all over the place, but in certain areas it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know, is that something that... that could be done perhaps where you're based if there was groups of dentists within a certain area and they were providing support to each other. Would you think that would work? I think so. I have thought about setting up something because I think it would just be valuable for us as practitioners to learn from each other in cases and also really beneficial for, for patients as well in the event yeah. that, you know, a practitioner does need some backup because obviously yeah, yeah. complications do do occur they occur for all of us and it's all about being safe and and best managing that if it does occur yeah uh good um you, you mentioned your training how, how have you found the training that you've gone through in terms of aesthetics yeah i mean it's been variable in quality viv um That's it. it has yes <laughs> um i mean there's some courses that are amazing um yeah. i think you get a lot of after sort of course support and facebook groups and some trainers are just great at getting back to you with questions um yeah. i also think sometimes there's not as much hands-on experience in some of the courses i've done you know yeah. you have the sort of cases where you you inject one side of the face and then another delegate injects the other which yeah. i don't really think is the best way to learn no. <laughs> um, so I'm quite excited about your your course and your training. Oh, it's very kind of you to mention that. I wasn't going to say anything. Sunny brought it up um, a couple of days back. But yeah, my speciality, I think I've mentioned to you before, mm. I love carrying out lip augmentation work. And myself and Claire, Claire uh, Shaw, who's based at Butterfly Aesthetics in Wakefield, we've both gone through a range of training around the UK and the world. We've, we've travelled abroad to do training as well. And um, we love uh, we love doing work with lips. So we, we get a lot of requests from healthcare practitioners to asking us if we'll train them to carry out lip augmentation work because even though everyone's wearing masks, it's still a popular treatment. And, and I know there's other treatments like, um, you know, tear trough treatments that are going to be bigger because of faces being masked by, um, by cotton all day long. But um, lips is still, I think, still is the most popular aesthetic treatment of all other mm. than toxin-based mm. treatments. Yeah. Um, so my passion uh, is lip treatments. So... Because of the requests we've both been getting for the last year or so at least, we've decided to set up our own training academy for uh, mass class lip augmentation work. So we're going through the, the, the actual information that we're going to put together. We're going to hopefully get it sorted out for early part of next year. Oh, and I think nice. you've signed up to it already, haven't you? You're wanting information yes. about what we're going to do. Yeah, I'd love, um, to, love to hear. I see we, so so good to see how other practitioners do things and i'm yeah. you know all for just doing as much training as i can yeah it just there's a lot of trainers around and the thing is the quality of the training isn't consistent as you found out yourself there's a big variation even with cpd accredited courses 
I've gone through training with Derma Medical, with Zach Ali and Sana at Derma Medical in London. And that was about four to five years back now. That's when I started. And I've done my basic training, advanced masterclass. And they were really good. I've had no problems. Um, and after that, I went to... Um, Norway. I went to see Julie Horn in Norway, and that's where I did my masterclass. I'm very jealous about that. <laughs> she's a really nice lady. I've got to say, people ask me about what she's like, and she is just as you see her. She's really nice. She's engaged. She's engaged to a gentleman, and she lives in South Africa now. Um, but she does train. She is carrying out carry on with training in Switzerland at the Swiss aesthetics academy with a with a doctor there and i think she's there backwards and forwards every so often but covid's had a big effect on that um but, but myself and claire we hope to get our training sorted out for early part of next year and if anybody's interested um you can go to the website the skin farmer website and register if you want to um to get to get on a list of practitioners that might be interested in information so we well my specialty beyond lip augmentation is lip scarring. So I'm, I'm micro niche. I'm, I'm working within a micro niche of lip augmentation, and that's looking at scarring problems of the lip area and also um, deformity, trying to improve the appearance of the lips um, by carrying out different types of treatments. I've spoken to you about this a few days mm, back, I think. Yeah, very um, interesting. It, it's an interesting area because... When I trained in, in lip augmentation, all I was ever told was avoid scars. Don't go anywhere near a scar. That's mm -hmm. all you ever got told. And if you know how to do it, you know the issues that are involved in how you can sort those problems out, you can treat individuals with scars. And it's just a shame that's not taught properly or at all in current courses so myself, Claire, and possibly Gillian Murray, who's on, she was on the ACE group. She's now um, part of the CMAC UK group. And they, mm -hmm. um, they formed, well, they'll be forming properly within a month or so. They'll be taking mem members on a paid membership. Um, but she'll hopefully join us and she'll be providing advice about uh, complications, dermal fur complications. So hopefully that will be some point early next year. So I'll let you know about that. And if anybody else wants to know, just sign up and register yeah um, that sounds fantastic because there can't be many practitioners that sort of treat scarring no there is, the there is, i've got into the area because of um because of the cosme the cosmetic eye doctor um dr uche he's my uh, mentor so he helps me with micro niche speciality work he's written a book about the subject he's a really nice blog and uche you owe me another check now the, the first one still hasn't arrived <laughs> so we've got two to post now <laughs> but he's a really nice blog and he's called the cosmetic eye doctor he's based in um Ooh, London. He's, he's in Harvey Nichols in London and he runs the eye clinic there. Um, really nice book, but it's an interesting area um, and not very many. I don't know any practitioners that specialise just in lip scarring. I don't know any at all. Mm. Um, and when I asked Uche, don't, you won't mind me saying this, but when he first started in aesthetic work, one of his first clients was an Irish nurse, apparently. This is what he told me. And she had um, a lip scar, and she came in for lip treatment. And I think he just 
bogged it and somehow managed to get without having a complete idea. Nobody would have had an idea about how to treat it, but he managed. Um, and he said to me, Viv, now I'm going to send all my lip scarring clients to you. That's what he's told me. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for the first one. You'll have people banging on your clinic door. Yeah, well, I think the thing is with speciality work, it's easier to get down the path of looking at one particular problem and you're not deviating from it. You're not looking at loads of different things, which is what everyone does when they start. You look at lots of different treatments, but as a specialist, I think you can concentrate on that particular treatment and people can see just how much knowledge and skill you've got when you do that properly. Mm. Um, yeah. So, is there any areas you're thinking of specialising in? Um, not at the moment. I think I just love just doing full face. Um, I do lots of lots of toxin, lots of profilo in the clinic. Um, right. Yeah, that sort of thing. But I've been down down the road. Then, then perhaps. Yeah. You might think about something spe specific. Yeah. <laughs> right. Any any funny stories in from the work you do or the work you've done previously? Is there any funny stories you'd like to say? Mention? You didn't tell me you were going to ask that this question. Didn't I? Oh, sorry. It, it, there must be something that, that sticks out in your mind as a funny story yeah. that you've had in the past. Yeah, well, I have quite a few. Um, I'll stick to something that's a bit PC. <laughs> okay, whatever. You, you don't have to if you don't want no, to. No, it's fine. So um, this is a story from when I was at dental school and you can imagine there are lots of sort of funny things went on when we started treating patients at dental school. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with sort of the process of making dentures. I assume right. not. <laughs> not completely, but no. you can say. <laughs> so anyway, it's quite a few visits and sort of a visit before you get your final denture to take home. We do a mock-up of the denture in, in wax just yeah. to check that the patient's happy with the feel of it and the colour and, and what it looks like. Anyway, so I had this lovely, lovely lady. It was my first set of dentures. And I don't think she was too keen to wait another week for her false teeth. So yeah. um, she sort of finished the appointment. She was really happy with her wax try-in. She went off home and we were sort of cleaning up in the clinic. Um, and then we were like, Where, where's the dentures gone? <laughs> so she smuggled her wax try-in into her handbag to take it home. Um, and then a few hours later, we had a call um, to the dental school reception. She got home, put her feet up, watching the telly with her dentures in, cup of tea. And then obviously it's wax, so it all melts. <laughs> so she ended up with all these teeth in her mouth. Oh, so, yeah, she was horrified, but, but there we go. And she, you, nobody knew that she'd done it straight away. Yeah, she, went, she went quickly. Right, okay. There we go. Amazing. Great. This, 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 I could tell you a few more stories, but I won't. It, it's it's just too ridiculous. Oh, but no, uh, no I, well, I've mentioned the one about. I've mentioned the one already about the um, about the lady. I don't know if you saw the Sunny when I spoke to Sunny the that other day. Hilarious. That story. That that was actually a true story. But that's as bad as it's got for me. I can't think of any any other ones. It couldn't really get much worse, could it? No, it was just that post woman was in shock, total shock, and it was a horror. It was a horror scene for her, having two syringes in my hands and a woman <laughs> screaming help. So, yeah, that was as bad as it got. Um, right, I'll go, I'll go on to treatments. So the types of treatments that you do, what sort of treatments do you carry out and what would you say are your most popular treatments that you do? Yeah, so most popular treatments here, I, I think like a lot of practitioners would be Botox, so the toxin, especially yeah. with the sort of age range that I tend to treat. 
Um, I do a lot of mid-face volumization, so yeah. cheeks. I love that treatment. I think, you know, you get a lot of bang from your buck with that treatment. And most yeah. people can really benefit from yeah. sort of mid-face volumization. I do an awful lot of profilo, actually. Um, yeah. That's been gone down a storm in the clinic. I, 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 look at, I look at your stories that you post and a lot of them are to do with profilo treatments yeah. and the number yeah. of patients you have that just love that treatment. They absolutely do. I think a lot of, I don't know if it's the same in your area, but with the, the sort of clients I see, they're, they're very discreet. They would absolutely hate for anybody to know um, they're having yeah. treatments. And the great thing about profilo is you can come in sort of in your lunch break or, yeah. you know, when your husband's at work and have it and there's very minimal downtime. Yeah. Um, so for people that don't know, Profilo is a type of skin booster treatment, isn't it? So it helps to volumize different areas of the face and it stimulates collagen and elastin. So it, it produces a smoother appearance, appearance over time. So it can take a little while to build up, but over a course of treatments, you'll gradually notice an improvement in volume, tone and texture of the skin. Yeah. And it, it's a really effective treatment. And um, for younger clients, it's not going to be that effective. It's really for older clients, or mm -hmm. not not that old, but mm -hmm. from your from your late thirties and forties, you start losing collagen quite quickly, yeah. and at a certain rate, it happens. Um, but the older clients are they are they most thankful for the work you do for them? Would you say? Um, I do. I do have younger clients to do sort of beautification treatments, but I would say most of them are older, and that's sort of my patient base. Um, yeah. yeah, they're very grateful. I mean, I get e I'm sure you do, Viv. I get emails every day sort of saying how grateful they are for treatment and how much of a difference it makes, you know, to their yeah. life, which yeah. is why I think sort of aesthetics is such an amazing industry. Yeah. Um, I never get people emailing me about their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, that, that was one of the things I was going to ask you. What do people think about your work? You get a lot of people emailing you, writing reviews for you. And um, I think they must be really happy with everything that you do for them. But as a, as a healthcare practitioner, as a dentist, your background in in healthcare basically and providing help and support for pa patients in need that must come through in your aesthetic work as well mm, i think i think a lot of what we do is communication and patient experience i'm sure you're the same i yeah. mean i have lots of patients that have come from other practitioners yeah. um, and a lot of the time why they haven't been happy with other practitioners it isn't so much about the work they've actually had done it's yeah. about how the other practitioners have made them feel um, yeah, so yeah. maybe they feel that uh, practitioners have been pushy or salesy and they don't like that. Or, you know, yeah. I've had people say, I saw this really high up doctor on Harley Street and I didn't like that he put my face up on a big screen and pointed out everything that was wrong. Um, and some people, patients come away actually feeling worse than when they, they went in um, for, for appointments. And that's definitely not what I would want to do in my clinic. Yeah, um, I, no, think it's, I think it's awful when patients have such bad experiences, other practitioners. It's, it's, it's terrible, but a lot of it is you say it's down to communication. How you, how you speak to a, a client, a patient, and what they think about the information you're providing, and how genuine you are. I think that makes a huge difference to what they feel about carrying on with you. Um, and that, for me, is the very beginning of the journey. If you can go through a consultation, put someone's mind, someone's mind at ease, they're far more likely to stick with you than to jump from one practitioner to another. And I, I, I see that a lot with clients coming from somewhere else. 
They've not been happy for one reason or another. And if you can put the mind at ease and go through everything methodically and logically, they're, they're much more willing to listen to what you've got to say. Yeah, exactly. It's all about a relationship, isn't it? In healthcare yeah. and, and in aesthetics. Especially yeah. in aesthetics where people sort of vote with their feet. Yeah. Um, and I think, well, what I'm, I want, I'm sure you do too, is like keeping patients long term. It's not just about a one-off treatment. It's yeah. about sort yeah. of their lifetime journey in aesthetics. Yeah, that's true. What would you say about um, helping patients in lockdown and any clients thinking of treatments with you, what what advice would you give them if somebody was thinking, oh, shall I go to Emily or shall I go to Viv for a treatment? What would you say to them? Well, I'm sure you are doing this as well, but I'm still running online consultations and skin consultations. And I think actually I've loved doing the online consultations. Yeah. Um, it's a great sort of way to come up with a treatment plan and meet new patients. Um, and I think patients have actually felt quite comfortable sort of in the comfort of their own home um, yeah. and they feel well after the first lockdown it, it felt a bit like you'd know them already you, you knew them already because you'd met them before yeah. so they were yeah. more at ease um, so I would say if you're thinking of treatments then still contact us and we can start the initial um, sort of answering questions and doing the consultation because yeah. um, December is quite busy but there I've opened some more clinics so there are a few appointments left if people are, are wanting treatments so they can get in touch with you, they can speak to you, you can go through a consultation with them, and you can sort a plan, you can start a plan of, of treatment or assessment at least to see mm -hmm. what you're likely to be able to do for them. Exactly. Um, and actually, yeah. I think you, you probably agree, I think the assessment is probably the most important bit of the whole patient patient journey. Yeah, that that's the next point I'm coming to. I'm getting all these people sending me messages, Emily, so I'm just trying to... Move That's them okay. out of the way so I can see. No, so I can fine. see your face being hidden open, with all these. I'm just going to open the door for my dogs. Oh, okay. <laughs> no problem. Sorry, I no don't problem. want them having an accident on the floor. Oh, all right. Okay. Fair <laughs> That's enough. Not nice. I'm more of a cat person myself, I'm afraid. Oh no, I love cats. My husband's allergic though, so that's why we've ended up with two dogs. Oh, you, you know what? Um, Julie Horn, Julie, who was in Norway, she had two cats. And she mentions this in training when you see her at the clinic in, in Oslo. She says, oh, I've got these two lovely cats, fantastic cats. And now she's in um, South Africa. She's got a little dog. I think it's a partner's partner loves dogs, but he doesn't get on with cats. So she had to leave her cats behind in Oslo. Um, and, but the, I think they're okay, the cats. And I think she's now got a little dog um, where she is in South Africa. <laughs> so if Aww. anybody wants to say hi to Julie's dog, just wave to, wave to him or her. Um, but, but yeah, the, the actual assessment process, as, as you've mentioned, Practitioners, aesthetics practitioners that aren't dentists, don't. I don't think they really go through an assessment properly um, because a lot of oral work, even mid-facial work, perhaps not so much toxin-based treatments, uh, upper forehead, but certainly mid-face treatments and lower lower facial treatments are all related to dental work. Uh, mm -hmm. The work of a dentist is really important in assessing what the need of a client might be. I, that's what I think. And that's mm -hmm. why I think dentists are best placed, um, healthcare practitioners, to look at an aesthetic problem properly. Mm -hmm. um, so for you, when you see clients, um, 
would you say de a dental assessment's important prior to treatment? Definitely. I mean, I'm sure most people have this as part of their medical history and consent, but it's yeah. so important that the patient isn't undergoing dental treatment. There's no dental infections or problems, especially if you're planning on treating this perioral area. Yeah. Um, and sort of going back to, to lips, which I know is your speciality. Um, if a patient's coming in and maybe they're missing their incisors, I mean, yeah. no, no amount of filler pumped into the lips are going to be yeah. able to avert those lips. Because you yeah. really need the basis of um, the incisors, the canines, the bony support. Um, that gives so much to the lip, um, yeah. as well as sort of the muscular um, region around the lip as well. That's so important for the lips. Do, do you see, do you, do you do quite a bit of lip augmentation work, do you, uh, Emily? Do you, do, you must do quite a bit. Yeah, quite so a bit. What about clients with certain dental problems? Say they're going through an, an Invisalign treatment. They've gone through a Invisalign. What what would you do? How would you plan um, the process of carrying out treatments based on what dental treatments they've had previously? So if you're thinking about having sort of um, cosmetic dental treatment to improve a smile and also thinking about maybe lip fillers, I would always urge patients to go and have their dental treatment done first. Because um, yeah. certain things can really impact on, say, doing lip fillers. Um, and talking about Invisalign, um, when you're wearing the, the retainers from Invisalign, it can push your lip out. Um, right. So I would advise getting everything settled and getting the smile how you want it with the dentist before yeah. you think about having any perioral aesthetic treatments. Because um, yeah. it can really, really, you know, changing the position of teeth can really change things. It can change the lip line. So... Yeah, I yeah. get all the dental treatments done first. What, what about things like profile balancing? You, you must see clients with recessed jaw problems. Mm -hmm. um, they think they've got a huge nose, but the problem yeah. is that their chin's recessed more than anything. You, yeah. you must see problems like that. But other practitioners don't always look at it in the same way that a dentist would. So mm -hmm. what's your view on profile balancing? Well, whenever you have someone for a consultation, I think you shouldn't just look at the one feature that the patient's concerned about, um, because often there's, you know, other things going on that are probably making more of an impact on on the patient's appearance than, than what the patient fixates on. Um, yeah. So I would always say, you know, you want to do an assessment from here, looking at the thirds and then, you know, 45 degrees and, um, yeah. you know, the side profile, you need to take all that into account. And yeah. it's not just sort of focusing on that feature. It's looking at what's happening with the skin, the muscle, the fat, the bone, and really yeah. working out what's going on and what's causing the problem in yeah. order to best treat it for, for that patient. Yeah, no, it, it is important. I've, I've always thought that a proper assessment of the full facial structure is really important. But your knowledge of anatomy is is beyond question you know dentists uh, anatomy knowledge is beyond any other medics that's my personal view mm -hmm. and I know that is fact because my brother hammers that into my head all the time yeah. and he, he, he's, he's in postgraduate work but he um he still sends um people he knows to me because he doesn't trust them to go anywhere else so okay. it's nice of him to do that um but other treatments things like toxin based treatments around the mouth area. Do you do, you do a lot of toxin-based treatments for problems periorally? I do actually, yes. Um, and I actually really, really like the results of the toxin. I mean, if you're thinking about something like gummy smile, I think it's really important to actually figure out 
if the problem is that the muscle pull is strong or if it's a problem with maybe small teeth um, yeah. and sort of large gums and whether it's going to be more like a dental crown lengthening or laser gum procedure that you need um but yeah i find sort of botox treatments really popular um a lot of my patients aren't so keen on fillers um, right. because maybe they don't want that volumizing and yeah. i know there's sort of downsides to filler like you know you, you might struggle to sort of pronounce certain words or sounds but actually yeah. a lot of my patients love it <laughs> honestly <laughs> they're like put in as much as you can <laughs> How how do you how do you try and balance a treatment for a patient? Say they want more and more and more, yeah. and you're trying to pull them back and say you don't need it. How would you convince them from a dental perspective that they don't need what they think they might need? Well, with toxin, there's only so much Botox you can put in it yeah, before yeah. there's no movement. You're not going to get yeah. any less than no movement. So I would just show them before and after photos. Um, um, but I know a couple of my ladies after the first lockdown, um, yeah. they said that their husbands kept saying, why are you frowning at me? <laughs> and they, they said that, did they? Yeah, no, because their Botox had worn off and they'd, oh, never right. they'd never seen their faces being out to me before. <laughs> so they're like inner feelings are coming out and showing on their face. It's, there's, there's quite a lot that toxin, toxin can be used for. And I know I'm mentioning toxin, but I'm not doing it for the purposes of selling any treatment. I'm doing it for the purposes of education on this occasion with you. But toxin can be used for a lot of different problems. Um, gummy smile treatment help help with the upper upper lip. Um, yeah. Smokers lines. Do you do much work with smokers lines? Um, barcode problems of upper lip? Yeah, loads. Yeah. I'd say I do more toxin than filler. Um, for the lip yeah and it, it's just that as you get older and older there's different problems that occur around the mouth area um well, things like smokers lines downturned mouth you can use toxin for things like a lip flip to help curve the curve the, the lip upwards to a slight degree um it's just i think perhaps it's a lot of education that's needed on on the um on behalf of the patient that perhaps need a bit of advice and information from somebody that knows how to carry out treatments properly and they won't get that unless the consultation's done properly in the first place i think so exactly. yeah do you, get, do you get a lot of patients that have got their own ideas of what they want that might need a bit of convincing otherwise of course yeah lots <laughs> especially especially i think like lips when you have the younger girls coming in and yeah. they've just got such a distorted view sometimes of how big they want their lips. Yeah. And I think you've just got, as an ethical practitioner, you've just got to say, you know, no, and turn those yeah. patients away. Yeah, it's it's difficult. I think sometimes when you first start in aesthetics, you don't know when to say no to somebody. And yeah. I think as you gain experience, you're, you're more likely to stick up for what you actually know you should and shouldn't do. But I think a lot of the problems initially when you've when when practitioners first start, it boils down to confidence. Did you did you find you were you needed to be more confident when you first started working? Exactly. Well, I think I've learned a lot in the last over the last few years. I mean, yeah. some, now I will definitely say no. You know, if you've got a patient in their sixties, lost loads of volume, and's got a three hundred quid budget, I, I definitely wouldn't 
now put one mil of filler in because that's going to make absolutely no difference yeah i think yeah. you just need the courage of your convictions to say you know maybe have an area a couple of areas of botox or you know go yeah. away and, and spend it on your skincare um because yeah. i think if you say yes to everybody people are going to be disappointed yeah yeah and you yeah. just have to be honest with them it's hard sometimes to manage expectations because if they expect something to come out of the treatment and it doesn't, they're going to be very disappointed and you've got all sorts of problems that happen after that. Exactly. Um, so I think that's one of the issues is managing someone's expectations be before mm -hmm. you do anything for them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that covered quite a lot about perioral treatments. Anything else you wanted to say about treatments around the mouth area or from a dentist's perspective, Emily? Um. I was going to ask you, actually, um, for your lip treatments, Viv, do you use needle or cannula or a bit of both? I use needle. Um, I can use cannula. The problem with cannula for me is, and this is the same with everyone I've trained with, it's not just my um, experience of it, but with a cannula, it can and does provide a good outcome, but it is not as accurate. For me, lips is an art form. It, anyone can shove filler in a lip. It's quite easy, but the outcome is completely different based on mm -hmm. one person doing it and another person. Now, cannulas are generally safer because mm -hmm. the, the cannula is a blunt needle, basically, and it moves around the area and it's not likely to pierce any structures as it moves. Um, but the problem is you can't see where the tip of the cannula is. So for that reason, you can't see exactly where the fill is going to be. What you see when you inject is the outcome of placing the filler. Now, with a sharp needle, there is more tissue damage that's occurring as a result of pricking the skin. But accuracy is far, far improved. And for me, creating a nice set of lips, shapely lips with volume in the right place is down to accuracy. And if you're not accurate with the placement of the filler, it can cause all sorts of problems. And the appearance ultimately isn't what the patient wants or expects. I'm not saying it doesn't work. What I'm saying is my experience of needle treatments are far better than cannula treatments. And that's not just me saying it, that's Julie Horn saying it. I've trained with her. She Helen does use cannulas if she needs to, but her training is based on sharp needle technique. So for me, I use solely needles. Because mm -hmm. it, yeah. just, it just, for me, the outcome's better. Yeah, and no, I, I use needles in the lips as well. I mean, the, most, of, most other areas of the face, I, I do yeah. use cannula, but, but for the lips, I'd, I'd use needle. There may well be a little more pain, there's a little more inflammation because there's multiple punctures. But ultimately, if it's done properly, carefully and safely, then the outcome tends to be better, in my opinion. Other people might think differently, and that's up to them. But yeah. for me, I prefer needle. Yeah, it's all about what works best in your hands, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's the same way. Well, like when I first trained, nose-to-mouth line, nasolabial fall treatment was all based on sharp needle treatments. You know, you use a sharp needle to puncture the skin in multiple locations right along the facial and angular artery area. Now, yeah. if you do that now, it's the same as doing it four or five years ago, but the risk of causing a vascular occlusion, a blocked uh, artery, there's Natasha. Hi, Natasha, hope you're doing all right. Um, the risk of blocking an artery is much higher with a sharp needle. 
Um, and for that reason, I've been using cannulas on things like nasal labial fall treatments for a while. I do sometimes still use sharp needles because it sometimes is a little more accurate, but you've got to be very, very careful what you do. Um, even, even aspirating doesn't guarantee you've not punctured through an artery and you can just pull back and the needle could be in the artery when it wasn't in the artery when you're aspirated. So it doesn't guarantee safety aspirating. But yeah. um, I do use cannulas for certain treatments, needles for others, mm -hmm. but it varies. Everyone's got their own opinion of that. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll move on to COVID. COVID's been a big problem for you and for everyone else, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, how, how has life and work been for you since March as a dentist? and as an aesthetics practitioner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has been difficult for everyone. So um, the dental side of things, we were shut down for a couple of months and we yeah. were sort of carrying out triage over the phone, um, which was very difficult actually, because I don't know if you've ever had toothache before, but it's probably one of the most unpleasant things. Um, and I just felt so sorry for all of those patients that we weren't yeah. able to help. Um, yeah. It's quite distressing, even though there were sort of hot hubs um, for, for patients to go to. Um, yeah. Still, it wasn't the same as coming to your normal dentist and, and having your treatment. So, I mean, yeah. no, in normal times, if people call with pain, we would sort of guarantee to see them on the day. That's, that's yeah. what our job's about. So that was difficult. Um, so we've been back open. Um, we've got quite a strict standard operating procedure. Yeah. Um, and, and there's still a massive backlog, unfortunately, of, of patients. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard of a fallow time. Is that something you've no, heard no, of? No, I haven't actually. Yeah, no. so whenever we carry out an aerosol-generating procedure, an AGP procedure, ah, yeah. which is yeah. anything like using a drill that produces yeah. the aerosols, um, there was sort of fallow time, which at the beginning was six ah, minutes, yes, yeah. where we yeah. had to leave the room, let everything settle before we deep cleaned. So yeah. it just meant that the capacity of the dental practice was hugely reduced. Um, yeah. I read something the other day, I think they said 10 million dental appointments had been cancelled, oh, which is just absolutely huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, now, um, luckily, we've got our FFP3 masks um, yeah. and all the protective gear. And with our air purifying units, the fallow time's now down to sort of 15, 20 minutes, which is a lot yeah. better. But so, still, still, we're not able to see the same number of patients yeah. that we did. So things like filtration systems have had to be had to be changed and updated because of the problem of needing to filter the room for contamination with the aerosols, yeah. risk of aerosol spread. Um, exactly. And is that something all dentists have had to do? Yeah, if you want to reduce your fallow time, there's certain yeah. things you had to do sort of... Um, if you've got a surgery where you can open a window and have ventilation, we've got to have our window open. Right. We've got these sort of air purifying units. Like I say, all the PPE. Yeah. So if you come to the dentist, we'll all look a bit scary, <laughs> like something from the moon. Yeah. You know, sort of full aprons and visors and our FFP3 masks. Um, but it's all about sort of keeping patients safe and just limiting the risk as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. So what about, what, 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 um, what would you say to patients that are worried about coming to the dental surgery because of COVID now? Mm -hmm. um, what advice or what tips would you give them that might put their mind at ease? 
Yeah, I'd really encourage people to, if they have a dental appointment, to keep it um, because it's not just looking at teeth, which people might think. We're also screening for like oral cancer and sort of things that can be really serious if they're left. Yeah. I mean, I think the dental practice, our infection control was already really pretty good. And with all these new things we've brought in and all the PPE and all the systems, I think you are pretty safe as a patient coming in. Um, I yeah. think there's very few sort of dentists or dental practices that have had um, cases of COVID amongst their staff. Yeah. So you're definitely more safe coming into the dentist than you are going around the supermarket. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd say I think it's really, really important to still come to your dental practice. What about things like mouthwash and toothpaste use? Um, is there evidence that that can help improve the risk of contamination from patients? I mean, the studies I've, I've um, read, it's still quite early days in terms yeah. of getting all that evidence. Yeah. I mean, if patients feel comfortable doing a mouth rinse before they come in, so maybe yeah. chlorhexidine, something like Corsidil, um, yeah. I don't think there's enough studies to show that that sort of is effective against COVID, but it certainly micro um, kills micro um, microbes and things. So if you want to yeah. have a little rinse, just be careful you're not allergic to it, though, because some people yeah. get really yeah. severe allergies. Yeah, so you, don't, you don't want to have anaphylaxis before going to the dentist. My brother was mentioning a while back, this was ages ago, he's mentioned about hydrogen peroxide use, you know, certain strength hydrogen peroxide and possibility, theoretically, of it being an effective means of reducing risk for patients before they come for treatment. Um, but I think there's no long term evidence available no. because it's only been since April this has been exactly. going on. Mm -hmm. um, in years to come, I suppose the evidence base will be improving and increasing based on what's been going on previously. Um, but for you, how safe do you feel when you work, when you're around patients that may be coughing or they might have some issue when they come to the dental surgery? How, how do you feel about working with all this going on around you? Mm -hmm. Well, the patient shouldn't be coughing because we always call them sort of 24 hours before and check right. they don't have any symptoms. And we yeah. check again, you know, on entry. Um, we check everyone's temperature. So the staff have their temperature taken every morning and then every patient comes in, has their temperature taken. So right. I think we're as safe as we can be. And yeah. certainly with all the PPE and all the procedures we've got in place, I feel pretty safe. Right. Okay. And with, with COVID um, and the effect on your aesthetics work, have you got, um, you, do, do you sell skincare products generally? So people can... I do buy products from you based on an online store that you've got yes so i love the illumia products i don't know if you've heard of that skincare yeah range. yeah um but the great thing about it is there's an online portal um so the patients can just go onto the portal after consultation and they're just shipped usually next day to the patient so right. it reduces people having to you know come in to the clinic to pick up products or yeah. you know i don't have to go out and post things so yeah it's got a great great system um, there's things like there's some practices I still have to do it properly I've started doing it but things like subscription services mm -hmm. where patients can pay a set amount every month to build up credit for treatment um, it's not a finance agreement it's basically just a means of putting money aside for treatments in future do you do, you do that as well I do yes yeah it's been quite popular actually especially yeah. for people that come quite a few times a year um, it's, it's nice for them to spread that across the month is it, is it mainly for clients that you know are going to have certain treatments over the course of the year, is it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I can do individual ones if someone wanted to approach me with, you know, a tailored plan for them. Yeah. 
Um, it's mainly, I don't tend to do it so much for new patients. It's more yeah. patients that I've got an existing relationship with that I've been right. seeing for a while. Um, but yeah, yeah, it has been quite popular. Right, Especially okay. Especially at the moment when things are a bit tighter for patients. Yeah, yeah. It's just trying to plan ahead. And a lot of people just have no idea what's going to happen and when they're going to be able to get treatments, I suppose. So it's, it's going to be a difficult time between now and Christmas because you do, nobody really knows what's going to happen with this lockdown, whether it's going to continue or not. Yeah. So I suppose one way of planning ahead is, is to uh, do, do provide a subscription service and get patients to pay that way. Um, but can I ask you, you don't mind me asking you, do you? No. I asked you, because Sonny, have you had any aesthetic treatments yourself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, loads. What, what have you had, Emily? <laughs> what have I had? Well, I'm really very much the belief that if I'm carrying out these treatments on people, I want to have experienced it myself. Yeah. I mean, I won't go as far as to pull my own teeth out. I won't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for the aesthetic treatment. So I've had chin filler quite a few times. Right. Um, Non-surgical rhinoplasty. Um, yeah. Lips, even though that was quite a few years ago. <laughs> I yeah. I need to come to you, Viv, and get that. You, you come to me and I'll, I'll provide you with a nice lip treatment if I can, Emily. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, so I do lots of like wow fusion. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yes, um, yes, I have. I do that for myself, you know, every sort of three months. Profilo, every, everything I offer, I've had you, myself. Have you really? Yeah. You, you, how, can, can I ask you how old you are? You don't have to tell me unless, you, unless you're not I'll too mess, bothered. I'll message you later, Viv. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I'm 50. I, I mentioned you this to Sonny because we were talking ages on Friday and I said, Sonny, I, I, I've been working more than like 10 or 15 years. I've been working 27 to 30 years. So mm -hmm. I'm 50. Um, but yeah, I'm very I'm, good for 50. Oh, I think but you've, got quite, you've got quite, quite a youthful face shape. I've got what? Sorry. You've got a very youthful face shape. Have I? Well, yeah, I've one got... that will age well. Oh, well, thanks for, thanks for that. But I've not carried out treatments. I've not had treatments myself, to be honest with you, but per perhaps in the future. Um, can, when do you get treatments yourself? Do you go to a particular practitioner to get treatments? Or do you just shove the filler in yourself for the injection? No, 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 I've not done that. I mean, toxin I'll do myself in the bathroom right. mirror. My husband's okay. like, what are you doing now? <laughs> um, and like the skin treatments, but no filler. Um, I tend to go to where I'm having training. So Rick and Avanti, Bob Kahn has done a few bits for me. Just right. other other sort of friends. So what, what would you say is your favourite treatment of all for yourself? What do you think that works best for you? Oh, I really like my chin. Your I chin, got, right? Yeah, I like having my chin done because I'm class two. So I've got a bit of a retruded jaw myself. Right, so I yeah. Just, I love having sort of the elongation of the chin and also the side profile. Right. So I'm a fan well, of that. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure others will, will say you look fantastic as you are now, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, you know, I can't believe we've been talking for 50 odd minutes already. Um, got about 10 minutes before we get kicked off Instagram. So what would you say you're looking forward to in the future based on everything that's gone on this year? What, what plans have you got? And what things are you looking forward to with over the next year or so? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm really looking forward to hopefully being able to see some of my lovely patients in December. Yeah. Because um, I don't know about you, but like today I'd normally have a full clinic on a Monday. Yeah, so yeah. it feels a bit, even though I'm trying to catch up with all the boring like yeah. accounts <laughs> and all the sort of stuff that I usually leave till last, I much prefer actually 
treating the treating the patients and, and seeing all of them and catching up so yeah. i'm looking forward to that um i mean in the next year i just want to try and improve sort of the patient journey and make everything run seamlessly um yeah. i think it's just about improving isn't it constantly improving yeah um, yeah it would be nice as well to start a more sort of wellness aspect to the clinic yeah um, yeah so I was sort of thinking about maybe getting a, a menopause nurse involved. Um, yeah. So I think that would really benefit a lot of, of my patients. I think, um, I think Sonny, Sonny um, works as a wellness doctor and he does a lot of work with wellness and providing a holistic approach mm -hmm. to everything he does. And um, I think he, he's a really nice bloke to speak mm -hmm. to about things like that. So I think mm -hmm. he'd be interested um, in what, you're, what you might be doing in the future because it's mm -hmm. a really great way of looking after a patient from start mm -hmm. to finish, not exactly. just facial treatment work, but looking at what helps to improve their appearance internally as well. So exactly. I think you do well. well um, did you want to say hello to anyone or any of the dentists or aesthetic practitioners that, that might be oh, watching? Oh, I don't know who's been watching. Have I haven't even looked. Any, have we to had be any honest, comments? There's loads of comments and I've just completely ignored them. Let's have a look. So we've got Sunny turned up a while back. So thanks, Sunny. Oh, hi, Sunny. Um, thanks for watching. <laughs> Denise Dunning. I think Denise Dunning. I'm sure she's based in the area where I am. So hiya, Denise. Um, Sunny's oh, clapping. Oh, damn, smile. I'm a dentist too. Yeah, I think, I think aesthetics is, is great for dentists. I would yes. recommend it, you know, highly enough if anyone is thinking about jumping into yeah. aesthetics too. I think dentists are the best place of all the healthcare practitioners, in my opinion, to do aesthetics because your your anatomy is what is the one thing that's more important than anything else. If you don't know your anatomy, you're not going to make a good aesthetic practitioner. It's fact. It's no, mm -hmm. nothing can alter that, and your training in, in anatomy facial anatomy is beyond any other professions so i can't see any practitioner being more suitable for carrying out aesthetic work it just doesn't it just wouldn't make sense for anyone else to be more able to do it than a dentist yeah exactly i think it was richard as well that said to me they find dentists make quite good um business owners just because we're used to obviously taking money as yeah. opposed to other so I think a lot of other NHS um, practitioners coming into aesthetics, it's always a bit awkward, that side of things. Yeah. Whereas I suppose as a dentist, you've got the advantage that, you know, you've, you've done that before. Yes. It's not such a big thing. It's true. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking through these other uh, names on here. Uh, you know, so we've got, you turned up, let's have a look. I think, yeah, they're... Um, Derm Refine, I think that's uh, Balsam, who I'm speaking to on Thursday. She's a pharmacist, who I know. Oh. She's based in Mayfair. Yeah, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to uh, listening to your other interviews. Oh, yeah. Well, I've got, um, tomorrow I've got uh, Dr. Uche, who's uh, the cosmetic eye doctor. And we, we always have a nice chat about uh, mentoring. And he, he's my mentor. So we have a good chat about all sorts of stuff. Um, and on Wednesday, I've got Nurse Enya, who's a, an, an aesthetics nurse specialist from London. So she, it was supposed to be on Saturday, but it got delayed. Hopefully, I'll be speaking to her on Wednesday. And mm -hmm. on Thursday, I've got Balsam, who's from Derm Refine Skin Clinic in Mayfair, London. Um, I'm still waiting for Dr... Uh, Subio, the plastic surgeon, to give me a day. I'm just waiting uh, to see him. I hope he's not getting scared of uh, after he's seen no. all my other uh, interviews. Keep, keep, keep nagging him. <laughs> I will. 
I keep sending him messages and I think he's got scared a little bit, so I'll send him some more. Um, let's have a look. Yeah, there's, a, oh, there's quite yeah, a few. Quite a few here. people have watched us. Dermis Smile. We have poured them to tears. Yeah, Derm Derma Smile is Meg and she's based, I think, in Wales. I can't remember exactly where, but I know Meg. She's a really nice uh, dental surgeon, just like yourself, and um, she does fantastic aesthetics work um, in Wales, I think it is. Uh, let's have a look. Oh, there's quite a few different people here. But yeah, there's there's been quite a few that have joined us. I'm just saying, just apologies for not saying hello when you turned up at the at the time you did. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you wanted to say about the work that you do or anything about aesthetics or dentistry, Emily? Um, I think we've covered a lot, haven't we, Viv? I would just yeah. encourage any practitioners that are interested in aesthetics to, to get involved. Because like I said, it took me a few years to pluck up the courage to actually, you know, do my training. Yeah. Um, and I, I should have done it years before. <laughs> <laughs> have you got plans for any, any further training? Did you do some um, training with Chioxin last week? Was it a I tear did, trough yes. training? Yes, yeah, so I've done tear troughs for a while now. Um, but like I said to you, I think it's great to go to different training providers and, and try out different techniques. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. was with D. She's yeah. a midwife. I don't know if you've heard of her before. Yeah, it was yeah. brilliant. I would right. recommend her as a trainer. Okay. No, it's, very, it's good to be able to speak to different practitioners to see exactly what you do and how you do it and what, what things work for you and what progress you're making, you know, along the route to, to further treatments and more, more learning, basically. You're continually developing your abilities and yeah. skills. So because everyone does it in a different way, it's interesting to see how each person does it. Um, but I think that's pretty much covered everything that, that I was yeah. going to ask you. Um, but if there was anything else you wanted to say, I'll thank anyone, then you can, you can shout out now. But uh, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm thanks just... so much for having me, Viv. It was a pleasure. No, it was really kind of you to take part. And uh, I, would never have, I would never be doing this if it wasn't for aesthetic entrepreneurs and Richard. So I've got to give him a, a, a nice thank you and a wave as well. So uh, thanks, Richard, for doing that. Thanks, Richard. <laughs> um, but yeah, look out for the next few uh, interviews over this next week, over the next couple of days. Um, but if anyone wants to speak to Emily, I'm sure you answer all your messages on Instagram and Facebook. Yep. Um, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of dentists wondering about how to get into the area of aesthetics. And they can always speak to you if they want to. I'm sure you'll be yeah. happy to answer their questions. Yeah, more than happy. Yeah, I think we all need to help each other in this yeah. industry. And you're great. You're great, Viv, at answering any questions that I have. So, oh, yeah, I, I, I don't. It's a great, the thing is, I, I know what I know. Um, if I don't know, I'll, I'll tell you. But usually people ask me questions that I've got some idea about. But if you need advice about a certain area, there's always somebody that's around that can help you. So you just need to find the right person, that's all. Um, but yeah, really kind of you to join me, uh, Emily. And I've, I've got to say thanks a lot for that. And I'll hopefully, perhaps in the future, have another live with you at some point. Lovely, that would be great. Okay then, nice. Have a lovely evening. You too, I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.